Hello. Welcome to the Valley View Podcast, episode 133. I'm Tyler, and I'm here with Matt on the last podcast recording that will be released in 2023. How are you doing, Tyler? <clears throat> I'm just glad I said that correctly, because we are recording one more in 2023, but it'll be 2024 when they hear it. So, yeah, for... Mm, yeah. Basically, this is the last one of the year for people as they're listening. Yeah. To it. Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah. Which means um, we're going to do something special today. Um, most most programs would probably like uh, take the last one and do like a year in review. Just yeah. say like, hey, what do you think about this year? But on the Valley View podcast, we're going to actually look ahead to 2024. Mm-hmm. and get Tyler's perspectives on some very big events that are happening in 2024. And Matt's perspectives, because whatever you ask me, I'm going to say, what do you think? <laughs> that sounds good. Um, also have the book of Malachi to talk about, the the last book of the Old Testament. And our last book, of we've been going through each book of the Bible. We're finishing the Bible today. It's a big day. Yeah, finishing the Bible today on the last recording of the year, or the last episode of the year. So I think that's kind of cool. Good job on the timing there. <laughs> the, I mean, yeah, good job. <laughs> I was going to say thanks, but I don't think either of us really had anything to do with that. We just no, realized it. I don't think we did. So let's let's check in quick on how Tyler's doing on his Christmas shopping. How are you doing on your Christmas shopping? Well, I got married, which really helps with Christmas shopping. Nice. Like last year, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened the first year we were married. But last year, we got like two gifts for everybody because I wasn't even thinking that she was going to get gifts for all of my family. So I bought them and then she bought them. So we had like two things for everybody. So then this year I knew better and I did not buy gifts for everyone. What a great bonus for your family. Yeah. That was a nice, it was a bonus year for them. Yeah. And we're back to normal now. Um, as usual, did you submit your like, uh, Christmas present desires like online and then your family could kind of pick through your online thing and choose what they want to buy you. Yeah. We don't have a lot of like mad, like magic and mystery in our family. We just send mm-hmm. each other the Amazon links. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I actually big, this is the first year in a long time that I did not ask for star Wars books just because mm-hmm. I fall, I've fallen behind. I've been a lot busier in 2023, mm-hmm. so I'm not caught up. So I didn't want to just add a bunch more books that I haven't had time to read. I see. So, Oh, timer starting out. Yeah, I should have asked. That's forgot, my bad. Forgot to start the timer. Um, but yeah, so I'm probably going to get some Star Wars miniatures to continue to expand my favorite board game. Um, yeah, what else am I getting? I don't know. We'll find out. It'll be a surprise. What do you do for Christmas? Do you like make a list or no? Uh, yeah, at some point I usually get asked, uh, "What would you like for Christmas?" And, and your so, immediate thought is nothing. Um, yeah, pretty that's much. What I, that, that's what happens to me. <laughs> Pretty much. I did ask for some socks this year. I got some socks at our white elephant Christmas party with the students. Really? Are yeah. they like uh, just basic white socks or are they like novelty socks? Well, it's silly because I actually bought them. Oh, I bought them for the for the white elephant thing. Okay. So I bought like a few extra gifts for kids who were going to come that like mm. maybe would forget a gift. Sure. And then I ended up with one of the ones that I that I bought. So I basically bought it and then ended up with it. <laughs> All right. Lots of fun uh, in store for you on the Valley View podcast today. Thanks for uh, coming along with us, um, valued listener. This episode, uh, still sponsored. So yeah, this episode, episode 133. Sorry, I had somebody who I was with yesterday who said, are those sponsors real? And I was like, absolutely not. (laughs) I mean, yeah, yeah, they're real. 
so people kind still do, this this is why i say it every week though because people still do wonder because and then the follow-up question was are they real companies and i was like typically not but watercolors by mary is real uh, so much ambiguity here. Um, but what there's no ambiguity about is that episode 133 of the Valley View podcast is being sponsored by Prairie Pool and Spa. Oh. Now is the time to plan that summer pool project that you've been dreaming about for years. Prairie Pool and Spa has been building and servicing outdoor water environments in the Twin Cities for more than 80 years. See why more Twin Cities water lovers trust Prairie Pool and Spa water lovers over every other pool contractor in the area. Whether you want a backyard pool, uh, an outdoor hot tub, or an indoor sauna, Prairie Pool and Spa is the number that you need in your phone. Call Don today at 651-922-4411 to schedule your consultation or visit us online at PPS tc.com that's ppstc.com prairie pool and spa because you deserve water fun in your backyard you deserve it do you think you deserve water fun in your backyard i think i deserve nothing (laughs) we've talked about not even water fun no i deserve nothing that's a a previous podcast topic does not deserve water fun speaking of water fun malachi yeah, Malachi. I'm actually going to save Malachi till the very end. Sounds good to me. Um, I wanted to um, talk a little bit about the year 2024, which includes some water fun. We'll get to that in just a minute. But um, 2024 is going to be a big year. Okay. It's going to be a big year. I've got um, I've got four major events here that are happening in 2024. And then I've got another uh, couple of items that are kind of unique with some special application to the to us in particular that are happening in 2024. But I just wanted to um, ask Tyler about these events and see how they're uh, how he's feeling about them. There's one that I'm wondering if you're going to ask me about. If you don't, I'm going to ask you. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, the first thing this is going to hit us before too long is 2024 uh, is a leap year. Yep. February, we're going to get a February 29th. How do you feel about that? I like leap years. Hmm. Like it's fun and silly. Okay. Didn't, say more about that. Well, I didn't like it as a kid because it made, so my birthday is March 6th. So I didn't like leap years because there was like an extra day before my birthday. <laughs> um, but no, I don't know. It's just, it's a whimsical. <laughs> it's kind of I've been reading a book that says whimsy a lot in it. So I've been trying to use the word whimsical a little bit more. How would you feel if your birthday was February 29th? Um, I have also gone back and forth about that. Like when I was, a, I think when I was a kid, I was told that I shouldn't want my birthday to be on a leap year. Cause then you only get your birthday once every four years, but it's not like they don't celebrate your birthday. Like you still celebrate it. Yeah. So I don't know. I think, I think it's funny that like my cousin turns like 17 next year or like 18 next year, but he's like a 65 year old man. <laughs> Did you know there's a whole, um, musical about this very phenomenon of, Someone whose birthday is on February 29th. Let's pull the audience. Audience, do any of you think that I have heard of a musical? The answer is no. I have not heard of that musical. <laughs> Pirates of Penzance. Yeah, never. Uh, no. That's okay. not been in my consciousness ever until you said that. Okay. All right. No problem. Um, I think it's kind of fun, too, because it's quirky. Yeah, it's quirky. That's Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. What I'm not a big fan of is February being longer. Why don't you like February? Uh, I've 
don't like January or February because it's winter and it's cold and dark. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So I'm all about like, hey, let's get let's through this. Get as to March as quick as we can. Yeah. So like extending February by one day, even though it's just by one day. Um, not a big fan of that. I do just feel like February is whatever, though. Like there's always like one day in February that gives you hope. Like you always get like one 40 degree day in February. Yeah. Which after January and December being like all in the 20s and below. It's yeah. like, ah, oh, so nice. Not this year, but most years. Huh. All right. So we got a leap year coming. Yep. And we're feeling we're feeling okay about that. We're feeling laps about it. Another thing that we have coming in 2024, speaking of water fun, is the Summer Olympics. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's going to be in Paris. Yep. It's going to start in late July. Yep. Um, do you care? Yeah. You do? I do. Okay. I what like do you, what do you What do you care about? Do you watch? Do you care about some events and not others? Do you like them all? Um, How do you feel? I will watch... Pre- well, I don't want to say I'll watch any Olympic event, but like... The Olympics vibe, especially this not winter, the summer Olympics vibe is just a very specific vibe that I feel like most people like. Mm-hmm. Like there's just yeah. something about like 8 p.m. or one or 1 p.m. Yeah, like and you just you're sitting there watching swimming and you never watch swimming ever in your yes, life. Yes, that is but fun. once every four years, you get really j- like jazzed up about watching swimming. And you've never heard, I have, I could not name a single Olympic swimmer that's, well, maybe Katie Ledecky. I don't know if she still exists, but I could not tell you for sure about a single Olympic swimmer from America or any other country, but you better believe a week and a half into the Olympics, I will know the storyline and how many gold medals, at least one Olympic swimmer has won for America. Yes. We all become experts in gymnastics floor exercise. Yeah, exactly. Like I will never watch gymnastics or swimming or even like track and field. Like I love track. I ran track, but like I will never watch professional track, but during the Olympics. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I love the Olympics. It's fun. Yeah. The first, I still remember. So the first Olympics I remember was Beijing. So that's like a very good first Olympics to remember as an American. Cause that was Phelps eight gold medals. I was going to ask you if you knew Michael Phelps. Yeah, that was it. I, my first Olympics that I remember was his eight gold medals and eight tries. Mm -hmm. So that's like the best pause. Like, Coming out of that Olympics, I literally was just like, yeah, the Americans win every single time. I think the first Olympics that I remember was Greg Louganis hitting his head on the diving board. Yeah, I don't know Have about that. Have you seen this clip? No. Okay. When we're done, you need to go to YouTube and um, search Greg Louganis hits head. Okay. <laughs> That's silly. <laughs> yeah. I was watching that live and it's basically a, um, Greg Louganis. Hitting his head on a diving board. American diver. Really good. Um, from the high dive, you know, the really high platform, you know how underneath there, there's like low yeah. level springboards. Yep. Well, if you don't jump far enough out. You hit your head. Yeah. On one of the lower level boards. Did he like die? Guess what happened? Did he die? No. He Did he pass die. out? No. Wow. He just, it just hurt. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but no, like Phelps in Beijing, Phelps in Beijing is like one of the most like storybook Olympic things ever. Like do, the, yeah. Do you know what year that was? 2008. Oh, that was 10. Okay. All right. Uh, Sean Johnson was the primary. Sean Johnson and Nastia Lukin were the two primary Americans. Okay. Mm-hmm. In uh, gymnastics that year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, no, and, yeah, I, I like the Summer Olympics and I think it's will forever be influenced by that first one that I watched. Yeah. Quite a bit better than the uh, Winter Olympics, do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, Winter Olympics is just like 30 different kinds of sliding. Yeah. That's I heard it called right. that once and I agree. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> 30 different kinds of sliding. I also Good. don't like winter sports that much. <laughs> Hmm. Just in general. All right. 
Well, staying on the sports topic, one other, I don't know, probably not all of our listeners will be interested in this because this is more specific than we usually get, but this is a pretty major event. Um, so I thought it was worth spending at least a few minutes on. College football is changing and there's going to be a 12 team playoff in starting in 2024. Um, a few other well, big, big technically, changes. Technically 2025, right? Uh, yeah, 2024 season. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine like some of the games will have to start in 2024 and run into 25. Anyway, um, a few other big things are happening realignment wise, like these four major schools from the West coast are coming into our big 10 conference, (laughs) our Midwest big 10. Who are the other two besides UCLA and USC is Oregon coming? Yeah. Oregon and Washington Washington. are also coming. So we're going up to 20 or 18. Uh, I think that'll make it 18. Okay. Yeah. But, um, losing some tradition and history there, but a 12 team playoff in college football. How do you feel about that? Hate it. I hate all the changes college football is making. Mm. All right. You knew I was going to say this, right? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know which way you're going to go. I, I hate it all. I actually, so tell us why. Oh, well, okay. So I'll try to not be too inside baseball, but I will be. Um, so I will say I, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, whenever it was when the college football playoff left out Florida state, from its four-team playoff, Mm -hmm. which was an undefeated Power 5 school. So in one of the top five conferences that play each other and did not lose a single game the entire season, Mm -hmm. they left them out of the playoff and instead selected two teams that had lost a game to be Mm -hmm. in over them. Alabama and Texas. Yep. Um, When they made that decision, that was the moment when I decided that I don't care about college football anymore. So in that sense, Ah. I just don't care in general because I'm only going to be – the only way that I'll be paying attention Mm -hmm. to college football is to see – who is getting drafted into the NFL. Really? Uh, yeah. That's like the only purpose college football serves for me right now. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> even if that hadn't happened and I still like wanted to care about college football, <clears throat> I think both of those changes are like extremely negative for the viewing experience for a college football fan. Um, I <clears throat> think that expanding the conferences away from uh, being geographical in any way <clears throat> will like leads to rivalries dying out and leads to it losing the thing that makes college football special. Like the thing that's made college football special for the last hundred years is that it's like, it's your section of the country hating each other. Like in, like in the big 10, it's like all the Midwest schools beating up on each other. The sec is all the Southeastern schools beating up on each other. The PAC 12 is all the Western schools like beating each other up so that none of them make the playoff. Um, that happened like two or three years before this year. Yeah. Um, so to, to expand and destroy the, the PAC 12, the, uh, Pacific Conference. Mm-hmm. That's so lame. Yeah, and I agree. To, that's very lame. And to have like, I hate that. Yeah, and like the fact that like a Big Ten game now could be like Rutgers in New York against UCLA in California. Yeah, is just it's so lame. Or like, even like USC versus UCLA being a Big Ten game. It's just wrong. Like so, I I think that is like awful for the fans because mm-hmm. a lot of rivalries are going away just by the consequence of they're not going to play. Not everyone's going to play each other, right? Like. 30, 40 years ago, you played everyone in your conference mm-hmm. or almost everyone in your conference. So you knew them all and you hated them all. It was it was really, really good for like rivalries and support and all that. Um, so I hate that. Um, I also hate going to a 12-team playoff. Um, 
because the uh, the the one thing that makes college football special was the rivalries and the the proximity. The other thing that makes college football special was that every game in the regular season matters. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that Texas and Alabama both lost a game this year mm-hmm. should have meant that one of them didn't make the playoff. Mm-hmm. Before, when it was only two teams, losing one game usually meant that you didn't make the playoff. Mm-hmm. For it to expand to 12 is going to make the regular season matter less mm-hmm. because a school like Alabama can lose one or two games and still comfortably make the playoff. And I think that that is going to water down the quality during the regular season. Okay. I understand that point, but there's a, there's a top tier like Bama, Georgia, LSU, mm-hmm. Michigan, Ohio State, they occupy the top tier. Let me ask you this. Just, I'm just playing devil's advocate. No, that's fine. Cause yeah. I, I feel the same. I'm, I'm very play. settled on these points <laughs> for a school like Iowa, for instance, Yep. Iowa, who everyone looks down on because their offense is terrible and, you know, just all kinds of problems. How many games can a school like Iowa afford to lose if they want to make the playoff, have any chance of making the playoff? Well, I mean, that depends on the year, Mm -hmm. but I don't, well, so I don't think any team could lose more than one game and Mm -hmm. feel confident in their ability to make the playoff. Right. Even going to this 12 team. Yeah. So I I think I was either going to have to lose like zero games to have a chance or maybe one, maybe they can stumble once. Well, I do think it's going to depend on the schedule year to year. True. But here's here's the point I'm making is that um, I think that still places a very high level of emphasis on the regular season and every game mattering for for like 90 percent, at least of the schools, maybe 95 percent. They can't afford like to lose any games or maybe just stumble once to have any hope to get in for a school like Alabama and LSU. Yeah, you know, they don't have to be perfect, probably, or Notre Dame because they'll get the benefit of the doubt. Like, oh, yeah, they're good. But man. I feel like if we ever want we Iowa ever want to make it in, we better be darn near perfect. Well, first of all, I think that that's lame in general that there can that there can be teams that get more benefit. It's what I didn't like about the playoff system before. Like I don't yeah. like that LSU made the playoff losing two games one year when yeah. other teams had lost one. Yeah, you know. Um, so in general, I think that's dumb. Um, but even like I see what you mean. And that's still going to be true for every season, every team at the beginning of the year mm-hmm. that they need to win all their games to put themselves in position. Yeah. But you will get to a point where like, like currently still in a, with a 14 playoff, like it's been mm-hmm. um, like the big 10 championship of Michigan and Iowa, Michigan was undefeated, but Michigan had to win that game. Like yeah. if Michigan would have lost that game, they would have been at real risk of not making the playoff. Yeah, for sure. Georgia was undefeated. Number one in the country, the entire season, they lost one game. It was their last one yeah. in the, uh, in the conference championship and they missed the playoff yeah. in a 12 team playoff. Then that last game, which is supposed to be like the culmination of the season for them to that point, huge deal about winning the conference suddenly does not matter for winning the national championship because they can still make the playoff and still win. Even if they lose. What is the best meal to have while you're watching a college football game? Um, well, I don't watch college football anymore, so I don't know what I would eat. Pizza. Okay. Casey's Pizza and watching Iowa, Nebraska. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. 2024, probably what comes to most people's minds when they think about the upcoming year is that once we get to November, November 5, we have a presidential election. Sorry, I didn't ask you any more questions about college football. Oh, no, no, no. We'll have time for that off air. We got plenty of time for that. This is an election year, big election year, 2024. Um, Tyler Magnuson, what's it going to take for someone to get your vote in 2024? Oh, that's not the question I wanted you to ask. This is this is what I was hoping we'd talk about. <laughs> but what's it going to take for someone to get my vote? Yeah. I don't know. It's hard for me to vote because mm-hmm. I 
am a perfectionist. So then when I'm trying to vote on who's going to lead our country, it's really hard for me to be like, well, I don't, I disagree with a lot of what you all are standing for and doing. How many presidential elections have you been able to vote in so far in your life? Two. So this will be number three. Yeah. <clears throat> and both times it was just so painful to try to figure out who to vote for. When you oh, yeah. go ahead. Just because I, I have a hard time voting third party because I feel like it's like, never gonna it's like never gonna happen at least for the last two elections like under our current system like it's just never gonna happen um so i'm like do i throw my vote away or vote for somebody that i really don't like or support Mm. which is a kind of an annoying decision this is probably the question you was you were hoping i was gonna ask um when you walk into like the the voting place and you go into the little booth you know Mm -hmm. your little private voting booth yeah um do you prefer voting uh, like with pencil and paper or would you rather like do an electronic vote where you're tapping a screen uh, that's not what I thought either, but um, I like pencil and paper. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. It's now, fun. what did you want me to ask you? I wanted you to ask me who's going to win. Okay. Who's going to win? Well, can I ask you first? Who's going to win? Who's going to win the uh, upcoming election? Yeah. I have no idea. And I have no confidence that the winner will even be arrived at in a, a reasonable manner that we all agree with. Right. I mean, I think everything's up for grabs after 2020. Yeah. Um, I don't know who's going to win. But my hot take, my prediction is that I think at least four candidates will get at least 10% of the vote. Wow. That's my, that's my hot take. That's scorching. Um, and my, I, I'll defend it. I don't, I don't think it'll actually happen, but hot takes, you never actually think they're going to so, happen. So you're talking about the Democratic nominee, the Republican nominee, and two independents. That's my prediction. That's my, that's my two prediction. Two independents each getting yes. at least 10%. Because, wow. Okay. And so here's why this All is, right. I'm not making any political statements. This is just what I think will okay. happen. Right. I think that. Trump will not get the Republican nomination, mm-hmm. but he will still run. Mm-hmm. And I think he'll get at least 10%. Okay. And then I think whoever the Republican nominee is will get 10%. All right. And then I think Biden will probably run again. So he'll be the incumbent. So I think he'll get 10%. But then I think that there will be enough disagreement among Democrats that there will be another Democratic leaning nominee that will get at least 10%. Wow. I don't actually think that'll happen, but that's my hot take. <laughs> Would you like for that to happen? Um, yes, actually, because then I uh, voting third party would matter. Because mm-hmm. that's usually what I want to do is vote third party. But so Prairie Hill, the church that we serve at, um, is a polling place. Yep. I don't know how many people know that. Like, even if you attend Prairie Hill, you know, it's likely that this is not the place you come to vote. Um, but it does serve as a polling place for the people who live in this area of town will come here on November 5 to to vote. They'll, you know, they'll set up all the booths out here in our um, gym fellowship area. Tyler and I will be uh, presumably like behind uh, everyone, like in our offices. Hiding in our trying offices. To do, yeah, trying, trying to, to work, work that day. Yeah, what's, uh, what should we do that day? Should we should we come in and just watch the chaos or should we work remotely, do you think? Uh, whatever you tell me, boss. Hmm. Okay. Well, we've got a few months to think about that. That's true. I also want to make it clear, like I was making negative statements about political, like just like political candidates in general. I don't care who you vote for. Mm. Like I, I, it's not really a huge, I don't know. Like disclaimer, Tyler does not care who you vote for. Yeah. Like I will not think any less of you depending on who you vote for. I just personally am not a huge fan of our current political landscape. (laughs) So I got going and was speaking freely, but that doesn't mean that I think any less of anybody who votes for anybody. Thank you for that clarification, Tyler. I love play- I love playing all the sides at the same time. <laughs> we all appreciate that. Hey, uh, two other interesting things of local interest or personal interest, 2024. Um, the Eden Prairie School District is celebrating 100 years of existence. Hey. They started in 1924, so they're celebrating 100 years. 
And my seminary, Dallas Seminary, also started in 1924. So this is their, um, what would you call it, centennial, mm-hmm. centennial year. Yep. Uh, not to Mark Magnus in there, right? Centennial? Oh, yeah. Cent- centennial's finest, actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Definitely a centennial's finest. Uh, so Eden Prairie Schools and DTS are both celebrating 100 years. So congratulations to them. Tyler, what do you want to say to EP and um, Dallas Seminary? Nice job, guys. Go get them. Great. Hey, um, what else are you looking forward to in 2024? Any big events on your calendar? Maybe a family wedding, maybe uh, some kind of graduation. What do you got going on? Somebody jokes I thought you were going to make. I was like, maybe a child. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What am I looking forward forward to in 2024? I'm looking forward to my fantasy football drafts. Hey, I really I really love draft season. Isn't your sister getting married in 24? Yeah, I was getting there. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Alyssa getting married. Okay. I just thought it was funny that you started with your fantasy draft. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think if our listeners okay. know me, they know that I never start in the place that you're supposed to start. But I hope they understand that that doesn't mean I don't care about the things you're supposed to care about. There you go. Perfect. See, Tyler builds up to the most important thing, which is reasonable. Yeah, exactly. And I tend to start at the top and go down. It's just yeah. a different. Oh, level. yeah, yeah. There we go. All right. So well, Because it actually is just like a thing in my brain that like, I think of the obvious thing and I'm like, oh yeah, everybody knows that. And then I talk about something else, but then it comes out as though I don't care about the obvious thing. (laughs) That's a window into my soul listeners. Okay. Tell us about your fantasy draft that's coming up in 24. Oh, just, no, it's not one specific, but like, I love like the NFL draft and then I love the corresponding fantasy drafts in all of my leagues. Yeah. So that's an annual event, right? Oh yeah. But like going, heading into a new year, it's like, Ooh, you'd be excited. about New drafts. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'm also looking, well, I'm not confident that this is going to happen, but staying in the fantasy lane, I'm looking forward to hopefully winning my league that I care about because I have one of the best teams. Ooh, so what would that net you in terms of dollars and cents? Uh, <clears throat> I think like, like 30. I mean, I don't remember. We we it, There is a buy-in, but it's like very small. <laughs> it's like a little like, I think of it as like a tax to play with my friends. It's like, go. I don't know. It's enough to take someone out for lunch, basically. Yeah. Take my wife out for lunch. Exactly. First and foremost, because <laughs> I love her. You want to talk about Malachi now? Well, what yeah. are you looking forward to in 2024? Um, I am looking forward to um, more great episodes of the Valley View podcast. Mm. And Don't you have somebody getting married in 2024? Um, Actually, yeah. I have a nephew. Oh, you didn't go first. Named, named Tyler, actually. I've got a Tyler in my family. He's my nephew. He lives in Wheaton and he just got engaged last night. Yeah, I knew about that. And so actually, I don't know for sure that he's going to get married in 24. I'm just assuming that will probably happen. But uh, yeah, that would be a a family wedding. And um, I'm looking forward to spending time with my family this year. Nice. Yeah. Good husband. Good father. All five of them. And just enjoying the time that we have. Okay, we need to get to Malachi because we can't build this all up and then not do Malachi in the last week of the year. Yeah, we have to finish because Malachi is the exclamation point on the Old Testament. Um, Do you have anything that comes to mind right away when you think of Malachi? Yeah, the Elijah stuff. Yeah, at the very end. Which I love. Yeah. What uh, what do you love about it? Well, I just love the like, I mean, I love Easter eggs. We've talked about this. I love like Bible Easter eggs. So I love that they describe Elijah when Elijah's being mm. a prophet and then Malachi's like Elijah's coming before the day of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then John the Baptist comes and is described the same as Elijah. And Jesus says, if you're willing to accept it, he's the Elijah that was to come. Mm-hmm. It's just like a little like three part, like undercover, like vibe going through the Bible that I like. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Malachi four says that Elijah will come before the great and glorious day of the Lord. Yeah. Um, 
and then John the Baptist comes and is said to be fulfilling the Elijah prophecies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's really good. In fact, um, I think maybe I'll close by reading that section in just a minute. But I was going to say the thing that I enjoy about Malachi is the way that it's structured. Okay, um, this probably will be familiar to at least some of our listeners. But this is the book. It's Malachi, where there's this. Uh, kind of question and answer thing going on yeah. between the Lord and the people. Um, this is chapter one. I have loved you, says the Lord, but you, but you say, how have you loved us? Um, <laughs> Which is just so, such a, such an exclamation point on the fact that that is like, we like Israel is, it's a testimony to how you keep screwing up. Like you yeah. look you look at how kind God is to Israel all through the old Testament story. And in the last book, they're like, but how have you loved us? <laughs> and yeah. we do the same thing, right? Like we're no better. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point, actually. And l- later in chapter one, a son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my fear? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priests who despise my name. But you say, how have we despised your name? Um, and like, look at Old Testament history, bud. Yeah, and they have all these prophets that spell out exactly in full color the way that you have despised the Lord's name. Yeah. This is how Malachi closes, and maybe this is a good way to uh, close out the the VVP year. 2023. You got anything you want to say to the listeners at the end of uh, 23? Uh, Sorry if you got offended by any of my political statements or if you think that I'm a... Well, I don't know. I'm like sort of sorry that if you got the vibe that I'm like a bad husband or a bad person. I'm I'm trying my best. I don't know. Just give me... Maybe give me a little bit of grace. You don't have to, though. You can hate me. It's fine. Yeah, and I, I owe Tyler an apology because I uh, when I see an opening to like draw out like, hey, by the way, why didn't you mention this first? You know, I kind of make those little digs and that's probably not fair. I think it's good content though. Okay. If it ever makes people start hating me in real life, like if it, if it ever makes people start not trusting me as like a pastor at this church, we probably have to stop. But I don't think that, I don't think that that, I'm hoping that hasn't been happening. So I guess we'll find out. Sorry for taking digs at you, podcast partner. That's well, I don't I don't really care. I don't care if people mess with me. I just, you know, that's I just sometimes I'm worried that people are gonna take me too seriously. So then I get scared. Malachi four. <clears throat> but for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet. On the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts, remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and rules that I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. On that note, happy new year. (laughs) 